seated. So we continue our series on faith, on believing. What does it mean to believe? To, to say we believe in God the Father, to believe means to, to have faith or, or to trust. But what exactly do we believe? We believe in our creed, we say, we believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Now, this is important because generally speaking, we see the world in three different ways, and that changes and colors the way we think about God. So the way people generally see the world is either chaos, all things are chaos and, and random, or order that descends into chaos, like the idea of entropy, that all things are constantly descending into disorder. And if we look around our world, I think we would say that we often see that. It's, it's something we can observe. And finally, ordered. The things are ordered to begin with and continue to be ordered. Now, those three worldviews, which one we pick, changes the way we see the world and changes the way we understand God. For example, chaos. Many people in the world believe in chaos, that all things are just a random series of events in an infinite universe. So things just happen. Things simply happen. Uh, For example, if you put a bunch of monkeys at a keyboard, would you ever get Shakespeare? If you had infinite time, yes. Because eventually they'll accidentally hit the right keys at the right time with the right spaces, and you have, sh- you have Hamlet. In infinite time, that happens, and that's what, that's what the idea is of chaos, is that all things eventually just kind of happened. And with infinite time, here we are. The problem with that is that if that is true, then we are simply tiny little specks in a completely indifferent universe. The universe cares nothing for you. It's all just random chance and happenstance. And then the only sense of order we can have is that which we create. I think this is why man becomes so obsessed with invention. All invention is to try to give order to an otherwise disordered world. In fact, man's creation, man's invention becomes necessary in order to survive and to thrive in this world. But all that effort, all that exertion at the end of the day is all for nothing. Because if everything is chaos, if everything is random chance, if everything is just a series of events that has no direction, then everything is ultimately meaningless. Your life and mine are are pointless. We live them, we die them, but they really make no difference. There's no purpose but to survive. So we do our best just to survive another day, but at the end of the day, we lose. Now, I cannot accept this theory. Part of the reason why is I look around and I see beauty. Beauty makes no sense in a completely chaotic world. Beauty makes no sense if there is no order to that which has been made. For example, does anyone know what this is? This is the Crab Nebulous. This is in space. A lot of times we think of space as as dark and void. This is in space. I love space. It's really cool. Have you ever looked into someone's eyes and it kind of looks like the cosmos? Like, look right now. Look to the person. Just stare at their eyes. Usually we stop because we're like, that's awkward. Stop looking at me. Right? No, look. Look. You can see the cosmos of all the universe in the eyes of someone else. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Or take, for example, a little flower. 
with this bee on it. And look at nature. Nature is so beautiful. There's something called Fibonacci sequence or the golden ratio. And as you look into nature, you see the same pattern again and again and again. This numerical pattern that we seem to just be captivated by and find beautiful. The plants of our earth uh, in the number of petals uh, work by this sequence. And not only that, but the way the arms of the Milky Way are curved works with that sequence. It's all beautiful. Or, or art. We look at art and it makes us contemplate who are we in our place underneath the stars and all these things that are beautiful to us. Or the body. This is, this is your immune system at work. Some of you are creeped out by stuff like this. I find this awesome and beautiful. That, that you have almost this cosmic look to things that are molecular. It's all so wonderful. Does anyone know... Does anyone know what this is? Does anyone know what this is? Anyone? Okay. This is, this is underwater. This is made by a Japanese pufferfish. The numerical and mathematical precision of this is unbelievable. The Japanese pufferfish, for seven days, 24 hours a day, uses his fins and swimming through the sand to create this. He cannot stop for seven days because if he stops, the currents will take it away. So for seven days, the Japanese pufferfish makes this. And you know why he makes this? To woo a mate. All the guys are like, oh, I gotta step my game up. <laughs> why? Why? We did not know. Th- this has been going on since... Time began and we did not know this was happening until six years ago. There is beauty everywhere. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Not only that he would make it, but that the female pufferfish would find this beautiful and would actually, it would work. The world around us is a gorgeous place. And so then we have two possibilities, order that descends into chaos or order. Order that descends into chaos is the idea that if things are ordered, if there's design, if things look like they actually had intelligence in them, then there must be a God. And then we have to find out, well, what do we know about God? Who is this God? And many people believe that if you look around, we see order it descends into chaos. Things are broken. And so the idea is that God created everything and then just left. And again, general observation seems to bear this out. Look how things are constantly falling apart. On a larger scale, you see civilizations rise and fall. Maybe your house is constantly falling apart, or your your car is constantly falling apart. Our own health is constantly falling apart. Things are always breaking down. And so at times, it appears what we can see is that God really did create it all, but then he kind of let it be. And that would mean God is indifferent to us. He really doesn't care one way or the other. He wishes us well luck, but little more and little less. This is why people come up with phrases such as, God helps those who help themselves. He made it all, now make something of it and do the best you can and try to figure out, try to survive. But if this is true, then God is cruel. Because he's treated us all like little mice and he's put us in a, in a, in a maze we can't finish. That there is no solution to. There is no ending. So the third possibility is not only is it ordered, 
but God continues to order it. This is what our small catechism says, that God not only created me, but he continues to sustain me. And if God ordered all things, then this tells us something about God. First of all, it tells us that we can have a relationship with God because he is still here. He is not an absent father. He is an ever-present father. And it also shows us that God loves us and in his love he cares for us, body, mind, and soul. He cares for all of us, all of our very being. Do you believe this? Do you believe in an ordered creation? Even when it's so easy to just see the chaos, even when it's so easy to think that the purpose of life is just to survive a little bit longer, do you believe in order? And the thing is, it's hard to see in a world that is so driven by chaos. But the ultimate goal of humanity is not a reliance on the creations of man. It's on God. There, there are two possibilities. We either trust God to save us or we trust man to save us. And it looks like this. Do you trust God to save you or do you trust man to save you? Jesus redeems us. See, this is what's amazing, is in the fall when everything does descend into chaos, God redeems the chaos. He restores it to order. We're not just trying to grasp for another day. He redeems it all. Okay, so why does this matter? Who cares? It changes the way we see ourselves and the world around us and our neighbor. I'll speak for myself. Maybe this relates to you. I am prone to think of God as supplementing my life. He steps in when there's, there's a gap. He steps in when there's, there's a crack. He steps in when I need it. But generally speaking, I'm doing well enough on my own. I, I take care of myself. I provide for myself. I can do things for myself. And so God is like this insurance policy that kicks in when needed. And everything I have, I think I deserve. And not only that, I think I deserve a little bit more than I have, and hopefully God takes notice soon and does something about that. Now I'm just speaking about myself. If any of you feel this way, that's great. We treat God as a supplement. But here's, here's the problem with that mindset. We're assuming that we deserve the stuff. We don't deserve anything. Any of it. You don't deserve your job. You don't deserve your paycheck or your allowance. You don't deserve your education. You don't deserve your kids or your grandkids. You don't, you don't deserve your, your, your house your car, the food on your table. You don't deserve your health. You don't deserve good coffee. Brothers, we don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve forgiveness or salvation. We don't deserve a single bit of it. But God gives it to us anyways, and it's all gift. We, 
we think we're so entitled. We think we've worked so hard for it. We think it's ours to have. We don't deserve any of it. It is all gift from God. And then think about what we do with this gift. What do we do with the gifts of God? We complain it's not enough. And we steal from others in order to to get more for ourselves. Or we dismiss and deny the dignity that other created people have in Christ. And we gloat about how great we have it, or we gossip about what others are lacking. And we're stingy, and we're selfish, and we're self-serving. And we take these gifts, and we, we grasp for more, and we're ruled by jealousy and anger. Humanity even, even uses the gifts God has given us to kill each other. Because we can never have enough. We don't deserve it, and every time we get it, we misuse it, and he still gives it again and again and again. This tells us that our Father is loving beyond all compare. Do you believe it's all gift? Do you believe everything you have is gift? And if you do, what does that tell you about God? The Catechism says, He doesn't do any of this because you deserve it or because you merit it. He does it all out of his fatherly goodness and love. The the entire cosmos is gift for you. It's a picture from Hubble. I like space. The entire cosmos is gift gift. 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 It's all gift. This is a picture of two soldiers after the invasion of Normandy receiving the Eucharist. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. It is all gift. Do you believe? Do you believe all of this is gift undeserved but given anyways? Is this the very thing your mouth confesses about our God? That he is our loving father who has created and sustains us? Is this, is this what your life and the way you live confesses? Catechism tells us how we respond to this gift, to this infinite gift. We thank him, we praise him, we serve him, we obey him. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, who is the giver of the gift, who is the redeemer of my life, a redeemer and a restorer of all chaos, who has ordered all things for his his goodness. Do you believe 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please stand.